This is the Fifth Quarter Podcast on AM 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the Fifth Quarter. It's brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Jacob Smith producing tonight's program. And, um... You know what? Not good news for the Hamilton Tiger Cats tonight. Another loss, their season-worst third straight defeat. And to make matters worse, it's against Ottawa. Cats now three points back of the Red Blacks as they've lost three straights to fall three points back. And the rematch is one week from tonight. You talk about must-wins, that'll be next week. Phones are open, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. We'll go through the scoring summary in a minute or two, but uh, he's been holding on for a while, so let's go to him first here. It's Dave on the line. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hey, Rick. How are you doing today? I'm okay. How about you? You know, I, my only comments are, I guess, you know, watching another game in our, our defensive secondary is so porous. But, you know, the one comment I'd like to make is I think Hamilton's problems really started in the off season. Um, we spent a lot of money on a couple of players, namely uh, Ted Laurent and uh, Courtney Stephen, who really haven't performed. I mean, um, giving a lot of money in the CFL to a defensive tackle, my understanding is Ted Laurent is the highest non-paid quarterback in the CFL. Yep. Given that he's a Canadian, yes, but we also had Lyndon Gaydosh and, and Michael Atkinson who could have stepped in. The fact is, is we lost four good players on defense. Ed Ganey, Brandon Stewart, who were solid, solid American defensive halfbacks. We lost a great middle linebacker in Reed and a really good uh, defensive tackle in Brian Hall. And I really think that's where our problems started. I mean, we gave a lot of money to Courtney Stephen, who hasn't played a full season in three years in the CFL. And we were hoping that Johnny Sears would play a full season, which he hasn't done in two or three years. And, you know, unfortunately, the game of football is, is very unfair. And if you can't stay healthy as a pro football player, you, you're really not useful to your team. And I I think that's where a lot of the problems started with Hamilton this year because our defensive secondary, like when you watch the games the last three or four weeks or five weeks, like we're not even close to the receivers. Eighty percent of the time, like our our defense is so vanilla, it's 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 not even not even funny. But anyway, that's just what I'd like to say tonight, and I'd mm-hmm. like to hear your comments on that. Who's your player of the game? Before I uh, shed some light on on what you just said, <sighs> player of the game. I thought the. Rookie Canadian offensive lineman Brandon Revensburg. Revensburg, yeah, played uh, outstanding. Um, uh, you know, he had to switch to tackle, and he did a very good job, and mm-hmm. he did a good job at, at guard. Uh, if I had to pick a player who I think really stepped up, I I, I think it would be him. To tell you the truth, uh, I think he played a very very solid game. He is a solid player. He's a versatile guy. He can play all five positions on the yeah. O line. He's a guy that you you want to have and you love to have on your team. Here, here's my commentary on, on well, let's start with Ted Laurent. Is he living up to the billing? Is he living up to the big paycheck? I would say compared to past years, his impact hasn't been as monumental, although he's still having a pretty good season. 21 defensive tackles. He has seven sacks. That's second on the team. He's got a forced fumble mm-hmm. and a fumble recovery. All those numbers are good, but when you compare them to past years, they are down from past years. So whether he's earning his keep this season, I would have to argue probably not, See, given, that, is, given that he's been given a big raise. See, the thing is, is though, Rick, is I mean, in the CFL, with it being a passing league, you have to give money to positions where you really, truly impact the game. And on defense in the CFL, obviously, it's defensive end. And then you've got your inside corners, your inside halves, right, because they're usually facing the best receivers on the other team. And on offense, you know, it's if you've got a solid, solid, two good offensive tackles in your quarterback. And, uh, you know, I really think that was the problem. And the other thing that a lot of people I don't think are talking about is the impact of our offensive coordinator resigning a week or two before the season started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think that put a big, big wrinkle in the offensive coaching staff because, you know, Ken Austin, I think, is forced to, to do both roles. I mean, I'm not uh, cutting up Stefan Patasic, but... You know, going from coaching, you know, basically glorified high school football to going to the CFL is really, really a big, a big, a big challenge to take your first year. Going from, you know, coaching McMaster to to being an offensive coordinator at at the professional level. I, I would agree with that, but the one proviso is, I mean, we're 15 games into the season now. If if Kent Austin and Stefan Patasic are not on the same page by this point, and I think they are. I just think 
you know, yeah. they, they have a rash of injuries. If they're not on the same page, I mean, there's an issue there. Regarding the secondary, though, I mean, <laughs> look at the names. Vaughn, Ellis, Daly, Emmanuel Davis, and Adams. One of those five was the projected a projected starter this season. Yeah. That was Emmanuel Davis. The other four guys weren't even on the radar, let alone the team. They weren't even they weren't even here. Well it's to be expected, but you know, that's what happens though when you put your you know, your face into players who can't play a full season. Sure. Yeah. No, you know hey, there's mean? risk reward there for sure. And the one player who we really miss, I mean he's doing well in the NFL, which I'm glad for him, is Eric Harris. A well, very, he, very much an under underrated player for the Tiger Cats for the last three seasons. He uh, he's actually gone for the season with the New Orleans Saints. He just tore his ACL, so bad news for him. But yeah, big loss for the Tiger Cats, that's for sure. But anyway, I mean, um, it's unfortunate, you know. I mean, uh, I look at the team and I think there's some good players, obviously. But um, you know, unfortunately, I, I think the the moves we made in the off season, you know, as a defensive tackle in the CFL, you're only going to impact the game so much. You know, I mean, because it's not really a running league. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but if you can get to the quarterback. But, you know, still, it's not, uh, you know, to me, if you're giving a man $280,000 a year or three hundred grand a year in the CFL, if he's not sacking the quarterback 15 to 20 times right. a season, then he's not worth that money. He's just not. And, I mean, I've watched a lot of Tiger Cat football this year, and, I mean, how many times did you see Ted Durant in the, in the, in the play today or in the last all season? Sure. I just, you know, and having Brian Hall beside him made a big difference, maybe. I, I'm not too sure. But anyway, another loss that's tough to watch, but, you know, as a Tiger Cat fan, you can't get upset, I guess, to the extent that when you have those players in your defensive secondary, you know, next to the offensive line, it's the group that really needs to stay consistent throughout the year because they depend on each other so much. Yeah. Hey, Dave, uh, great call. Uh, good points. Thanks for the call. Have a great night. You too. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email your comments on tonight's Ticats loss at the hands of the Red Blacks, 30-29. to 29. That email address, rick at 900chml.com. Shoot me a note on Twitter, at Rick Samprin or at am900chml. Who's your player of the game and your thoughts on tonight's loss? We have Frank, Dave, Scott, Kevin, others calling in. Stay tuned. We'll get back to you. This is the fifth quarter on am900chml. Welcome back. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on Hamilton's News Talk Leader, AM 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin, Jacob Smith, producing tonight's program. If you miss uh, any portion of the first seven or eight minutes of this program or uh, want to catch up on previous fifth quarter shows, download the podcast at iTunes, Google Play, head to the website, 900CHML.com. It's in that top nav bar. Click on sports and then the fifth quarter. Quick update from Cleveland, seventh inning. The Indians lead the Blue Jays 2-0 in game one of the ALCS. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email Rick at 900CHML.com. Tell me about your thoughts on tonight's Ticats loss to the Red Blacks. Final score 30-29 to at Tim Hortons Field. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. Jimmy on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, says two words to describe this game. No defense, just can't have that against a good team. We need to be better. Do you think the Cats still have a chance at first place in the East Division? Three games to go. Hamilton is 3 points back of Ottawa. Let's get back to the phones. Frank is on the line. Hello, Frank. How are you? How are you doing, Rick? I'm okay. You? I'm good. I'm not happy, but mm-hmm. I'm like every other Ticat fan. Um, I'd just like to say, like, uh, your last tweet there or whatever text, defense sucks. The defense is terrible. They, they just can't stop them. You take the lead, and then they go right down the field. Again. It's like, come on, like, kudos to Mr. Burris. He's 41 years old. I mean, get on him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, like, I had so much to say. Like, uh, I was on hold there for a while. It's not a big deal. But uh, it's it's just ridiculous. You take the lead, you get everybody, you know, the crowd gets into it. And then Nothing. Yeah, defensively, they gave up too many big plays tonight. I mean, you know, Ernest Jackson had a 62-yard touchdown reception. Jerron Kreiner had a 41-yard catch. Sinopoli, a 36-yard catch. Ellingston, a a 26-yard catch. Like, like, 
how do you not know how to cover Ellingson? <laughs> he was on like, the team for two years. What is wrong with that? Yeah. Payton had a 28-yard reception. I think Steinhauer should be gone. I, honestly, I, 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 like, I don't like to call for anybody's job. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I've called you many times before and, you know, I'll call you again. But it, it's very frustrating. Like, Sure, but here's the excuse that he would use. And, and if I was in his position, I would use it as well. I don't have the cards. I don't have the horses to get the job done. My secondary is in shambles. Well, I mean, that's the argument he has. Oh, uh, okay. But, okay, then then get somebody. Well, like, that, that's, the, that's the correct answer, yeah. But, you know, like, uh, honestly, uh, I don't know what to say, sir. I honestly. <laughs> it's I'm very frustrated. Yeah. Like, this is the game you had to win. You go up by one point. If you lose next week, you're down by one point, mm-hmm. and you're laughing. You still but got two no. games to go. You're in the playoffs. Yeah. That's right. And now, and now you got to worry about what Toronto does. You gotta, it's just so frustrating. It's ridiculous. It's like, come on, like, this has been going on all year, like, injuries, injuries. Okay, they have a lot of injuries. I understand that. That's been going on for four years. Exactly. But it's just, my God, like, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm frustrated. Like, I, I love the Cats, and I always will, win or lose, but come on. like I feel your pain, Frank. I know you do. <laughs> hey, who's your player of the game? I know you want to say Henry Burris. I was going to say that. How did you know that? Because <laughs> he's my player of the game. I mean, he had some he had some god awful throws tonight. I mean, yeah. some, some, I mean, he was he was short hopping a bunch of guys, yeah. but he threw for three hundred ninety three yards Good and a touchdown, him. and he had a, a number of great runs, a couple of touchdown runs. Yep. he's hands down my player of the game. I think you're right, Henry Burris. He's the man. He is. Even though I hate to say it, he's a man. Hey, he had a good game. Frank, thanks for the call. <laughs> right, Have a good care. weekend. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com, on Twitter at am900chml, or at Rick Samprin. Email from Randy. Hi, Rick. Well, the first drive score by the Cats, then a slow routine start till the second half, a nail-biter. It's nice to see Junior Collins switch some key catches, a kick return and that great TD catch. The secondary is a mess. Uh, where are they, and what is the defensive coach doing to address this? That fourth quarter drop by Ellingson was clearly out, and it should have been a fumble. I was two inches from the TV, and I saw it hit the ground. Sunday, I will reminisce and drive to Guelph for a relaxing flashback to 2013 with great Tiger Cats wins. Uh, Some good player moments, John Childs, Junior Collins, Brandon Banks, but I will give this game unexpectedly to Junior Collins. I like Burris, but can't pick him. Great sack by Adrian Tracy, Bad miss field goal by Maher. Rick, I will suit up for the secondary if required. A playoff concern. A terrible throw late in the second, uh, when second and four by Masoli. A ridiculous loss. Looks like it could be an all-Western Grey Cup. Happy belated Thanksgiving, Rick. That email from Randy in Oakville. <sighs> 30-29, Ticats beats or Ticats lose to the Red Blacks at Tim Hortons Field. They will face off against Ottawa. In the capital, one week from tonight, it's a 7 o'clock start. Our uh, fifth quarter show will begin uh, in and around 10 p.m. Let's go back to the phones, and uh, Dave number two is called in. Hey, Dave, how are you? Uh, well, well, you know, like everybody else. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of what Dave number one had to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, yeah, and uh, who knows if that call would have been correct to fumble. We not be, not, might not be talking about a loss right now. And... Um, Player of the game, I don't know. I can't pick one. I'll go with Fantuz off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, he was solid. Yeah. Um, they, you know, um, what can you say? I mean, I still think they have a chance for first place. Do you? Okay. I do. It, I well, they got to beat Ottawa next week, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we we, we could have won that game. Shot ourselves in the foot again. Um, you know, believe it or not, uh, yeah, Orlando doesn't have the have the have a lot of great players. There's problems with injuries, but uh, you know. I don't know about you. I did see a little bit of improvement on the defense tonight with the players they brought in. I've seen a couple coverage. Uh, Henry couldn't find a few times. Uh, Hank couldn't find any receivers. Mm-hmm. It's got to be more consistent, though. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, it's just a disappointment after last year. Uh, you know, you're expecting great things. Um, geez, there's so much I want to go on to say too, but you know, a lot of people have covered it. Um, 
I still think they can. I think they can. Uh, well, uh, one question I want to ask you, what do you think the odds of Claris being back? You know what? I, I think he'll be back next week. It obviously all depends on how his progression progresses, for lack of a better term, in the I, concussion protocol. Um, Kent Austin, you know, late this week, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday, saying that uh, he was progressing well, but obviously he has to go through the checks and balances, especially having a concussion before. But, you know, it's it's a rigid protocol, and it should be, because, you know, yeah. you're, you're dealing with a player's health. So I think he'll be back, but, you know, there's no guarantee. That, no, that, that's another factor. Uh, Ottawa's been lucky every time they played us not to face Claris. <laughs> you know? Very true, yeah. East final last they, year, another big game this year, yeah. But uh, just one final question, Rick. Um, I don't know if you were around in 72. Uh, uh, no, you, no, I was. I didn't think you were that I old. was minus two at the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but last year, up until Claris got hurt, right. I'd never seen so much excitement in this town about football since then. Really, eh? And it was. Even, uh, even like 98, 99? Yes, more so. Wow. Honest to God, when they went on that run with Claris, I mean, I, I, you know, I couldn't even get on a bus sometimes without seeing people tie cat stuff and talking about right, it and everything. Right. And just the buzz in the city, honest, honestly, goodness. Don't forget, they weren't filling the stands in those years even when we were winning the Great Cup. Yeah, very true. But anyways, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I think, you know, with they can, be, they, they can beat Ottawa because they come close tonight with a lot of problems. And Edmonton, eh, they can beat them. And Montreal, they can beat them. So you never know. We might need some help for some other teams. But uh, let's be the optimists and let's hope for the best. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Dave. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Uh, you know what? Let's take another quick break. We're going to come back with Scott and Kevin. Stay on the line, guys. John, Doug, you just called in. We'll get to you as well. This is the fifth quarter. Brought to you by Wisdom's Law on AM 900 CHML. Ottawa beating Hamilton tonight, 30-29. to The Red Blacks now three points out of the Hamilton Tiger Cats with three games left to play on the season, including next week's rematch in the nation's capital. We'll be on the air in and around 10 o'clock after that Ticats Red Blacks clash. Who's your player of the game? Henry Burris leads the vote count along with Andy Fantuz. We also have votes for Junior Collins, Brandon Revenberg, and Terrence Tolliver. 905 645 3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email Rick at 900CHML.com. On Twitter as well, at Rick Samprin, at AM900CHML. We have a number of tweets. Coming in, we'll get to all of those before we wrap up at 11 tonight. Email from Stephen out in Penticton, B.C. Greetings, Rick. I have four words for you. Jake Ireland Command Center. That call, calling an incomplete pass rather than a fumble, man, oh, man. Even the TSN panel was all over that call after the game. I hope Glenn Johnson in the offseason better get his BS taken care of, not only on the field but in the command center as well. Mad as hell out here in the West, player of the game, Andy Fantuz. That was a brutal non-call. It was clear as day that Greg Ellingson made the catch and as he's falling back, loses the football. Without question, a fumble. How it's called an incomplete pass is beyond me. I'm not sure what they were looking at. Scott's on the line. Hey, Scott, thanks for calling the fifth quarter. Go ahead. Hey, it's, uh, I, I tweet you every week. It's, uh, Charles 145 at gmail.com. Okay, yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on tonight's game? Um, one point is really, uh, hard to swallow, eh? Mm-hmm. It, um, I thought of, uh, catch by Ellison. He, it looked like he was, uh, going down, and, but he, uh, the tight head defender took the ball out of him. As he was going down. Yeah, that was a clear fumble to me. So he didn't survive contact. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about the rules anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're um, pretty foggy. Yeah. Um, not, a, not a bad effort by the tight heads, but I can't. Another second half, you know, like uh, comeback. I want to see it in the first half, not the second half. Yeah, you can't score seven points in one half of play and expect to win the ball game. I mean, they nearly yeah, we, did, but I mean, if they if they played well in the first half, they would have won easily. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, well, I mean, we're we're definitely a playoff team still. We still got a lot of work to do. Like the veterans that we got uh, on Monday, they need more time, right? So they should be better. Yeah, well, I mean that that's the hope. They should be better. Yeah, um, my player of the game is. I'm going to have to say Mazzoli. He 
you know what? Even though he had turnovers and stuff, he made plays happen. Okay. Thanks for the call. No problem. Thank you. All right. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Jeremiah Masoli getting his first vote for player of the game. Who's your player of the game? You can also email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at am900chml, at Rick Zamprin. Jeff tweets, again, 30 points allowed by the defense. I'm sure that's Austin's fault, too. Seriously, can anyone hold Steinauer accountable? Juanita tweets, garbage call by the ref. That was a fumble, not an incomplete pass. That was a game-changer call. Seems like we got a few of those. Still believe we can get first go Cats go, and Mike tweets, Masoli made bad decisions, and this D needs to make turnovers. Still hopeful, though, D needs to gel, player of the game, twos, as in Andy fan twos. Let's go to Vin, as in Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how are you? How you doing, Rick? Good, how are you? Uh, I'm a little bit, uh, you know what? Yeah, down in the dumps. Down in the dumps is a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'll make this one short and sweet. Okay. Uh now, this is going to be anybody seeing, uh, watching the game. You can obviously see, now the command center is just a joke for the CFL as their refs go to the command center. It certainly this is. This is gone on for two games, two calls, changed the outcome of both of our games as Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, you can bitch about all the position players and everything else. But where is the command center coming up with these obvious mistakes? It's just something that I cannot take no more. I'm hoping that Austin or management above him, Bob Young, was nice to see him at the stadium today. But somebody has to blow the whistle and get something done with the command center. We look, they look like a bunch of fools, like a bunch of fools to reverse those calls, and even even with the one, I mean, the game changer for this evening was the incomplete pass instead of being called as a fumble with our possession. Yeah. Where, where, where are the sensibility with the command center, and who are these guys? Well, we know Jake Ireland is one, and I'm assuming well, Glenn Johnson's in there as I well. want his phone number. <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> So, Let's bring out the pitchforks and the torches. Well, I mean, we can make fun about it, but it is an obvious. Well, yeah, it's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for the league, and I am friends with many players in the league at the same time too. And regarding all, disregarding all of that, it's just pathetic uh, to, to to see that happen. It's professional football; they get paid a minimum wage as opposed to any other professional sports league. And you wish that it would be held accountable when they go to a command center with all the opportunities and everything that they have at their disposal, and they have to come up with this. You know what? At the end of the day, yes, or somebody else, or another team, I'm saying, what's going to happen is, you know, there's playoff money at stake for all the players who've worked their uh, buns off for, you know, eight months plus Mm offseason. And at the end of the day, you can lose your playoff money, and uh, at the same time too, it just it just rolls into uh, a big pile of you know what mm-hmm. because we just look like idiots, and we're trying to present ourselves as a professional sport league. To me, the CFL is honestly comparable to the NFL, and in much more uh, talented ways than the NFL does. The NFL sells. Uh, themselves and uh, to the entertainment and 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 so and so and so and so, but I like watching the CFL as uh, they're they're working people, and I respect that their salaries are are within reason, and they get paid. They don't get paid enough, mm-hmm. but when the command center blows these things, I don't know. My wish is for you to contact somebody in the Tiger Cat office to, to uh, put the gas pedal down on the uh, command center and Jake Ireland and kick their be- kick his behind and anybody else who has a, a screen in front of them. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Kevin. I, I know for a fact that the Ticats in the past have contacted the league on a variety of issues, 
and they'll be doing so again on this one. There's no doubt in my mind. I have this opinion, too. Austin is being so, so, so relaxed, but you can see he's got steam coming out of his ears. He's going <laughs> to yeah. blow up at one time or another. <laughs> but I'm hoping that this time he does. I know he got he got the fine twice. Okay, I get it. And I hope Bob Young kicked it, kicked uh Kicked in some some coin for for yeah. his for his fine. Yeah, that shouldn't matter though. I mean, this, this is a, a new game, a new play, something that was clearly ah. obvious, not an incomplete pass. I'm, I'm not sure how they came to that conclusion. Forward, you can see it all the way around. I'm going to let you go, Rick. Anyways, pair of the game to me is CJ Gabriel. He gave it all his guts. Uh, finally, got some confidence. He needs to hit the ball. They need to give him the rock more. And I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Moses Madu, uh, RX running back. And uh, let's hope for the best next week. You got it. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye. Take care. 905-645-3221, star 9900. On your smartphone, your thoughts on tonight's 30-29 to Tiger Cats loss to Ottawa. Rematch one week from tonight in the capital. Email from Ed. Rick, the game was exciting, but we lost due to our team making mistakes. This team has problems and should be gelling for a championship drive. They are not so they have problems that I can't solve. Whatever, football should be fun. If this team makes the playoffs, and if they make it to the Grey Cup, it will be dumb luck, not skill, nor a good team coming together. I want to have fun watching the Cats, not left feeling bad. Next year should be Austin Severance. Turn it around, or we need an entirely new coaching staff. Fresh meat. Austin's fate and his system is in his hands. So be it. Player of the game, fan twos, because he played like a pro what the hey? I pray for dumb luck and fun from the remaining games. Go, Ticats, go. That email from Ed. When we return, John and Doug will get to you next. This is the fifth quarter on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. Rick Samprin on the uh, this side of the glass. Jacob Smith on the other side of the glass producing tonight's fifth quarter. It's brought to you by Wizens Law on AM 900 CHML. Email from, uh, this is Alan. Uh, hi, Rick. I thought uh, this was a must win, but next week is definitely a must win. I thought our defensive secondary allowed Ottawa to get wide open. Emmanuel Davis had a bad game with not tackling very well today and he's usually pretty good our backfield was crappy losing Johnny Sears and Courtney Steven is huge for us I think they should try Darius Brooks next week Darius by the way on the practice roster uh, Alan goes on to write I uh, thought Keon Raymond was pretty effective back there if Rico Murray gets back from injury I would put him in the backfield where we're hurting I thought Terrence Tolliver and Andy Fantuz played a good game and so did Junior Collins John Childs had his moments too here's the thing I was pondering about Henry Burris was down in our end zone and they kneeled down to end the game you would think they would go for the touchdown or kick a field goal only being up by one it's good for us but uh, say we both have equal amount of wins at the end of the year and we split the back-to-back games. Don't points matter in that case? Dumb part on Ottawa's part. Allen from St. Catharines and his player of the game is Terrence Tolliver. Basically, the tiebreaker rule is uh, if you're tied in head-to-head, i.e. if Hamilton wins next week, uh, they both have one win against each other, it does go to the total point total or the uh, the point differential if you will right now Ottawa's up by one point they had it first and goal at the Hamilton one and I understand the whole ball security thing but really Henry Burris had two touchdown runs in the game one from one yard one from six run in and, and get seven more points on your side then you lead the season series by eight points going into Ottawa next week that was a head scratcher for me as well. 905-645-3221 star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. Tell me about your thoughts on tonight's 30-29 to loss by the Cats against Ottawa. Vote for your player of the game as well. And do you think with three games to go and now Hamilton three points back of the Red Blacks, do you think the Thai Cats can still finish in first in the East? Let me know. At am900chml at Rick Samprin on Twitter. John has been waiting patiently online. We go to him now. John, how are you? Good, good. You? I'm okay. Uh, no, we can't win first. Let's be realistic. Uh, we got to look at Edmonton. i got to give Mazzoli credit, though. He scored four touchdowns. That's not bad. Um, you know, we didn't bring uh, Mahara in until the fourth quarter. Um, so I think the, our O-line did a little better tonight. Um, but that one call, it doesn't matter. You can't let any team throw over 400 yards against you and expect to win. Mm-hmm. 
say our secondary, and I've been saying this week after week, is the worst in the league. You can't let Burris just throw these bombs in the air. I, I don't. I, they can't stop it. Look at the last touchdown that Ottawa got. He bo- uh, Jackson bobbles it. Yeah, and like, da- both like, Daly and Ellis totally whiffed. Yeah, I mean our, our secondary is absolutely terrible, and we can't beat a team with what we have there. Um, but that call, it, it doesn't matter. Let's be realistic. I mean, it should never come down to that. If our secondary was playing, if they knew how to tackle, and they actually knew how to cover, that that wouldn't even been an issue. Sure. Um, I give Raymond credit. He was really hustling out there. And I, I think he was a I – mean, our secondary got a little better, but that doesn't say much. Um, that's like saying, you know, Trump, he's getting a little better, you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think he is a, a good asset to put on there. But unless we have everybody healthy going into the, the uh, playoffs, we're done. I mean, we got to start looking at next year because I, I, Mazzoli can't carry us. Um, I mean, look at the one interception he did. It was the—I mean—that's the Mazzoli we've grown, grown to love and mm. to know. The one that he you threw know, across his body and was intercepted. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he should have just thrown it out. Yep. I mean, it was just bad. Uh, and and but if you notice that the first half was so dull, they would throw maybe every for five yards, or they throw these out passes about twenty yards to the sideline, but only went two or three yards, and they were just—they can't move the ball. Then all of a sudden, the second quarter, they start getting creative it started looking like last year they're using banks out of the backfield like it was starting to get interesting he's and Mazzoli throws the the bomb but uh to uh banks but it's intercepted but that was a good throw he was almost on the money there with that mm-hmm. so and they start getting creative where is that for the whole game that was the problem if we were doing that in the first half yeah things would have been different we scored four touchdowns three touchdowns in the second half by being creative. So something, I don't know what it is, maybe we wait into the second half and, you know, surprise the other team. But, uh, <laughs> That's not a very good strategy. No, I don't know what it is. You know, and, you know, you can't chase, I mean, you can't chase Burris. Burris is going to beat any defensive lineman in a foot race. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, we, we, we can't win with our secondary. Um, I'll give our offense credit. I think they did a lot better today. Uh, and if I'm going to give the player of the game, mm-hmm. Uh, well, I want to give credit, though, or some honorable mentions to Child steps up, stepped up today, and so did Junior Collins. <clears throat> they started giving the ball, and they had some decent catches there. Tolliver did well. Um, you know what? I'm going to kind of give it to our offensive line because they finally, you know, gave some protection. It's been about three weeks since their, our quarterbacks have really had some protection. Yeah, they played way, so, way better. Yeah, Dykowski was back. Yeah, and Xavier Fulton is a huge difference at left tackle. I mean, well, a I'm huge give, difference. I'm going to give it to our O line. Uh, I think they they gave Mazzoli a lot of lot of uh, protection. But if it was Claris back there, I don't know if he could scramble that well. Hmm. All right, I appreciate the call. Great thoughts. All right, cheers. Have a good one. Thanks, John. Enjoy your weekend. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Vote for your player of the game. We'll name our fifth quarter fan of the night. When uh, we wrap up the show just before 11, you think the Ticats can still finish first in the East Division? Three games to go. They're now three points back of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Hamilton has lost three in a row, six and nine on the season. Ottawa, seven, seven, and one. Toronto is five and ten. Montreal, four and ten. The Argos hosting Saskatchewan tomorrow, also tomorrow, Alouettes in Calgary. I think it's probably safe to say the Stamps are going to win. That would be, what, their 15th straight game that they haven't lost. For the Rough Riders, Argos tomorrow, eh, I don't know. I'll give the edge to Saskatchewan. Toronto is in disarray. But that's a big game for T.O. I mean, they got to win that. They do. They're tied in points, at least, with the Tiger Cats. Hamilton, as we know, has the season series advantage, beating Toronto two out of three times. But can the Cats catch Burris and the Red Blacks? A couple of tweets. Sally, two times, says, not with this head coach or D.C. Abe tweets at Rick Zampra, nope, injuries and constantly not showing up for the first 30 minutes. David tweets, yes, but must bring a game Missed field goal was the sinker. 
And uh, Adam B. tweets, I've been reading on ties. How's it work? Tiebreaker is wins, then points versus other tied teams if we win by more than one next week. All right, let's go, let's go through the CFL game rule tiebreak. This is how it's set up. When two or more CFL teams are tied. So let's just say Hamilton and Ottawa are tied for first place at the end of the regular season. They've each beaten each other once. They're tied in points. They both won their games by one point. The first tiebreaker has uh, which team has won the greater number of games played against everyone in the league. So obviously they would be tied in wins. Who has the higher winning percentage in all games played against all of the other tied teams? So if there's only two tied teams, their winning percentage would be the same. Which team has scored the higher net aggregate of points, i.e. points scored for less points scored against? Again, it would be the same. Which team has scored the higher net quotient of points? So this would be total points for versus total points against. And that's where it gets very glaring because Ottawa has scored up until this point 407 points. They've given up 416. The Ticats almost reverse. They've scored 417 points. And they've given up 405. So while Ottawa is in the minus category there, minus uh, nine points, the Tiger Cats are plus 12 in that category. So that would be a big check mark for Hamilton. Then you go into higher winning percentage. You go to higher net aggregate of points played against all member teams, higher quotient of points, net aggregate of points in games played against all clubs. Higher net quotient. The final tiebreaker is actually a coin toss. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and that number tenth tiebreaker is a coin toss. Can you imagine if it came down to that? That would stink for both teams. Paul's on the line. He's called into the fifth quarter. Hey, Paul, how are you? Hey, Rick. How's it going? I'm okay. How about you? Oh, man. Another disappointing loss. <laughs> I know. Um, What's your thoughts you know, on the game? I, I hate uh, I hate to say it, but you know, week in and week out, you can't expect the offense to continue to score. Uh, like tonight, we scored twenty nine points, mm-hmm. and that should win you a game. And uh, you, you look at that one, the the Jackson touchdown. We we grab momentum, and to let that happen, it, it's just a momentum killer. And then uh, you know, put putting the calls aside, uh, was it a catch, a fumble? You know, this defense has to make a play, and I just felt in the first half we're, we're more concerned about trying to, instead of rushing Burris, the guys are, are are just rushing but then jumping to try to knock his quick passes down. Like, if we just get at him, you saw what happened. We, we sacked him twice. We caused a fumble. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, you know what? I I thought they could have got to him a lot more times as well. Now I'll credit Henry Burris because he's got some great footwork and he can get out of the way, and he did it time and time again tonight. But in the same sense, you want to have your guys get there and make the tackle too. I mean, uh, someone earlier mentioned about Ted Laurent. Like, I kind of agrees. Hasn't really lived up to uh, kind of the hype for this year, and. Uh, I don't know. Like uh, in terms of offense, Mazzoli, I, I think he actually played pretty well. Uh, under threw Bankser. I don't think he trusted his speed on that one. Right. And then he overthrew Childs later on. But uh, other than those a uh, couple mistakes and like he he threw against the grain, he played well. But uh, for me, the turning point was the second. It was second and four, and he had Collins wide open. Mm-hmm. And he missed him. Yeah. And then next play is the missed field goal. So, you know, you, you hear it all the time from Austin. One or two plays in the game, and that's what costs you the game. So, it's uh, it's a, another nail-biter, but these are the games you got to win. Exactly. Who's your player of the game tonight? Uh, I'll go with Mazzoli. I thought he played well for, for coming off the bench there, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh... 
you know, one or two plays go our way, we get the victory there. I agree. Hey, Paul, thanks for the call. Thank you. Still time for you to call in at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. Quick updates from Cleveland, where the Indians lead the Blue Jays 2-0 in the eighth inning in Game 1 of the American League Championship Series. Jeremiah Masoli, his stats, not too shabby in terms of completion percentage, actually pretty good. 78.1%, he was 25 of 32. He threw for 278 yards, three touchdowns, but he had two interceptions as well, and that really hurt. Ran the ball three times for 22 yards. C.J. Gable had 11 carries for 66 yards and his second touchdown of the season. Terrence Tolliver, six catches for 96 yards and a TD. Andy Fantuz, eight receptions for 66 yards. John Childs, four for 43 at his first touchdown as a Tiger Cat. Junior Collins, three receptions for 39 yards. He, too, with a touchdown grab, a 20-yard spectacular over-the-shoulder catch. Banks, one for 15. Gable, two for 13. Spencer Watt had one catch for six yards. Brett Maher, 0 for 1. Wide right from 27, or 27, 47 yards. And that brings me to a tweet that I saw earlier. I'm just going to scroll down to it. Uh, oh, this one from Aaron. So Maher can hit a pointless 58-yarder, remember that a couple of weeks ago, but can't kick a 47. Masoli's arm is too strong for short receivers, LOL. Tolliver, MVP. Yeah, Brett Maher a couple of weeks back setting the Ticats all-time franchise record with a 58-yard trifecta. But tonight, when the chips were down, the former Red Black... And now current Ticats kicker could not get that big three points. That would have made the ending that much more exciting. Turns out, it was exciting for the Red Blacks. They pull out a 30-29 win at Tim Hortons Field. Now three points up on Hamilton. The Cats will try to end their three-game losing streak one week from tonight in the Capitol in a must-win game. Ottawa wins that game. They are home and clear in the East Division. 905 645 3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email me your thoughts on tonight's game, rick at 900chml.com. We have a couple of emails to get to and still a couple of tweets to read as well at Rick Samprin at am900chml. Vote for your player of the game. We'll name our fifth quarter fan of the night. Use the hashtag fifth quarter on Twitter as well. This is the fifth quarter brought to you by Wizens Law on AM900CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. Thanks for tuning into the fifth quarter. If you missed any portion of tonight's program or a past edition of the fifth quarter, you can uh, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Go to the website as well, 900CHML.com. Click on the sports section on the top nav bar and head to the fifth quarter page. Tweets from Chris in regards to whether the Ticats can still finish in first in the East Division. Let's remember, there's three games to go. One is against Ottawa next week. Hamilton three points back of the Red Blocks. Chris writes, Yeah, despite how bad they played as a whole, they lost on a missed kick with a backup QB that is the Santa Claus of pick sixes. <laughs> That's a pretty good tweet. And uh, Teresa writes, Possibly... But Red Blacks did leave the ball with three available downs on the two-yard line. Had we'd been up, they wouldn't have. Well, that's very true, too. They would have went for the score, no doubt about it. And uh, Jeff on Twitter at AM900CHML. Of course they do. They steal one in Ottawa. The Red Blacks slash two are versus Winnipeg. And uh, we are having a rough time against the West. Yeah, very true. Lines, by the way. Uh, lead 8-3 early in the second quarter of the said Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your smartphone. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Frank, with an email, says, Hi, Rick, just a quick comment on why I think Ottawa kneeled at the end of the game instead of going for the touchdown. The only way the total points scored in the series would matter is if the teams end up tied. For that to happen, Hamilton would probably have to tie one game uh, of their final two games. This is extremely unlikely in the CFL of today. Ties almost never happen. I think it's a smart move by Ottawa. By the way, who does Ottawa play in their last two games? Thanks for a great show. Frank, as we just mentioned, 
they do play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're at Winnipeg on October the 29th. Then they host the Blue Bombers in their final regular season game on November the 4th. For the Tiger Cats, if you don't know, it's next week in Ottawa. Then Hamilton hosts Edmonton on October 28th. And then host Montreal on Saturday, November the 5th. Tweet from Melissa. Hamilton plays Ottawa next Friday, not Saturday. Did I say Saturday? Sorry. You know, I meant Friday. It's one week from tonight. Uh, let's go back to the phones on the fifth quarter here, and Tim is called into the program. Hey, Tim. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good evening. I'm good. Thanks. Go good, ahead. Good. Just wanted to shed some light on the Ellington uh, play. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends who was in the Grand Center, and no, it wasn't Jake Ireland, uh, but he said that uh, Ellington had not survived contact uh, when he was down, so that's why he uh, it was considered an incomplete pass. Otherwise, uh, the call would have been first down Ottawa. It's basically just to uh, shed some light on the situation and some of the frustrated callers like myself before I found that day. <laughs> okay. I, I thought he, uh, you know, to me it looked like he caught the ball. There was probably a second and a half, and it seemed a little bit longer before he encountered that contact. And it, it's not like he fumbled the ball right away. So I think there was enough contact to constitute a catch and a fumble. That's just yeah, my opinion. No, no, absolutely. And, you know, I was there watching the game just headed home now. And I, I agree. You know, it seemed really frustrating. I, I know when they're working the command center, they're having some uh, close-up looks on the situation. So frustrating nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But I think it also comes down to Maher making the big play and making the field goal at uh, the 47-yarder, as your other uh, callers alluded to. You know, he made some, he's made some big kicks for us this year. Uh, he's also missed some maybe... Uh, makeable kicks this year, but uh, I think uh, ultimately came down to his foot. Uh, I really think that uh, they've got a chance to finish in first, but uh, Winnipeg uh, is going to be a tough uh, opponent for Ottawa. But I think it's really going to come down to November 5th at home. I can see it being a one point, us down one point to Ottawa, to swing, and we're going to have to not take Montreal too lately. Yeah, no, you better not take anybody lightly, especially Montreal, who's going to have nothing to play for, and uh... Those games are scary. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's your player of the game, Tim? Uh, player of the game, Terrence Oliver. All right, good pick. Yeah, another solid outing uh, for the uh, the tall receiver. Thanks for the call. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. <sighs> 30-29, to 29, Hamilton losing to Ottawa tonight. Red Blacks now three points up, three games to go. Rematch one week from tonight in the Capitol. All right, our player of the game. By the hair on his chinny-chin-chin is Andy Fantuz. He beat out Henry Burris, Terrence Tolliver, and Jeremiah Masoli. Other votes for Junior Collins, Brandon Revenberg, um, C.J. Gable, and the offensive line. Good voting tonight. I guess no one could join me and uh, Dave picking Henry Burris. <laughs> uh, Joe on Twitter as well, at Rick Samper, and when I found out that Andre Pruel was the ref, it was a Tuckett's loss. Player of the game, Raymond. Keon Raymond, solid, solid outing. No doubt about that. All right, our fifth quarter fan of the night tonight is John. John has been waiting patiently online. We go to him now. John, how are you? Good, good. You? I'm okay. Uh, no, we can't win first. Let's be realistic. Uh, we got to look at Edmonton. i got to give Mazzoli credit, though. He scored four touchdowns. That's not bad. Um, you know, we didn't bring uh, Mahar in until the fourth quarter. Um, so I think the, our O-line did a little better tonight. Um but that one call, it doesn't matter. You can't let any team throw over 400 yards against you and expect to win. Mm-hmm. They are secondary, and I've been saying this week after week, is the worst in the league. You can't let Burris just throw these bombs in the air. I, I don't, I, they can't stop it. Look at the last touchdown that Ottawa got. He bo- uh, Jackson bobbles it. Yeah, and da- can, both like, Daly and Ellis totally whiffed. Yeah, I mean, our, our secondary is absolutely terrible, and we can't beat a team with what we have there. Um, but that call, it, it doesn't matter. Let's be realistic. I mean, it should never come down to that. If our secondary was playing, if they knew how to tackle and they actually knew how to cover, that, that wouldn't even been an issue. Sure. Um, I give Raymond credit. He was really hustling out there. and I, I think he was a I – mean, our secondary got a little better, but that doesn't say much. Um, that's like saying, you know, Trump – He's getting a little better, you know. Um, but uh, I think he is a, a good asset to put on there. But 
unless we have everybody healthy going into the, the uh, playoffs, we're done. I mean, we got to start looking at next year because I, I, Mazzoli can't carry us. Um, I mean, look at the one interception he did. It was the, I mean, that's the Mazzoli we've grown, grown to love and mm. to know. The one that he you threw know, across his body and was intercepted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he should have just thrown it out. Yep. I mean, it was just bad. Uh, and, and, but if you notice that the first half was so dull, they would throw maybe every for five yards or they throw these out passes about 20 yards to the sideline, but only went two or three yards. And they were just, they can't move the ball. Then all of a sudden, in the second quarter, they start getting creative. It started looking like last year, they're using banks out of the backfield. Like it was starting to get interesting. He's, and Mazzoli throws the, the bomb, but, uh, to uh, Banks, but it's intercepted. But that was a good throw. He was almost on the money there with that. Mm-hmm. So, and they start getting creative. Where is that for the whole game? That was the problem. If we were doing that in the first half, yeah, things would have been different. We scored four touchdowns, three touchdowns in the second half by being creative. So something. I don't know what it is. Maybe we wait into the second half and you know surprise the other team. But, uh, <laughs> That's not a very good strategy. No, I don't know what it is, you know, and, you know, you can't chase, I mean, you can't chase Burris. Burris is going to beat any defensive lineman in a foot race. Um, so, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we, we can't win with our secondary. Um, I'll give our offense credit. I think they did a lot better today. Uh, and if I'm going to give the player of the game, mm-hmm. uh, well, I want to give credit, though, or some honorable mentions, the child steps up, stepped up today, and so did Junior Collins. <clears throat> they started giving the ball, and they had some decent catches there. Tolliver did well. Um, you know what? I'm going to kind of give it to our offensive line because they finally, you know, gave some protection. It's been about three weeks since their, our quarterbacks have really had some protection. Yeah, they played way, so, way better. Yeah, Dykowski was back. Yeah, and Xavier Fulton is a huge difference at left tackle. I mean, well, a I'm huge gonna, difference. I'm going to give it to our O-line. Uh, I think they, they gave Mazzoli a lot of, lot of uh, protection. But if it was Claris back there, I don't know if he could scramble that well. All right, I appreciate the call. Great thoughts. All right, cheers. Have a good one. John, our fan of the night. Thanks to all our tweeters, emailers, callers. Fantastic fifth quarter. If you missed any of it, download the podcast at iTunes and Google Play. My name's Rick Samprin. For producer Jacob Smith, you've been listening to The Fifth Quarter, brought to you by Wisson's Law on AM 900 CHML. The Fifth Quarter, after every Ticats game on AM 900 CHML.